What's up, guys? Roy here, and you are listening to the Balanced Mail podcast series. This episode is part two of a conversation that I started with a friend of mine, a frequent guest uh, to the podcast, uh, Andrew. Uh, We will be uh, continuing our discussion on mail initiation based off uh, the book Adam's Return by Richard Rohr, and in this episode, we will be discussing the second and third truths of male initiation. Uh, you are not that important, and life is not about you. Uh, I know that it will be a great conversation, and will take many twists and turns, and I hope you guys enjoy. And we are live. What's up, Andrew? Hi, Roy. Hello, everybody. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. I'm glad to be back, man. I know you're you're a frequent guest here. Yeah, um, we're we're in the. Does this, does this room have a name? It needs a name. The room that we're in. You know how Rob Bell has his back house. Oh, this is the guest room. Without it, a bed right now. It needs a. It needs a. It needs a name. Um, I mean, guest well, room's kind of cool, actually. Let's. The guest room, yeah, we could. It's it's kind of like my my Carly calls it the the office, but it's not really the office. What's well, the bathroom in my house? So I really, might confuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 well. There's no bed right now. Yeah, um, that's because that bed is in his room. Yeah, because um, we're we're trying out some new things. His would be Jasper's. Of yeah, course, it's yes. not so much a. Uh, it's I don't know if it's time for a big boy bed yet, but oh. he sleeps better when she comes in now. Okay. Or like, if he'll fall asleep with her in there. Yeah. And she's been, <laughs> he's been in the the crib ish bed. Uh Okay. And so it's led to a lot of back pain because we're not we're not meant to sleep in cribs. Yeah. So, well, okay. So, just out of that conversation, I'm sorry, my mind is still going on names for this room. The crib, we could the big call, boy room, no, the could, big boy guest room. We could call it the big boy guest room. I don't know. It's <laughs> it's weird. I feel like the name has to like with any nickname, it can't be forced. Uh you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Maybe we need to give it some time. Maybe yeah. folks can have some input on that. We'll see. People can call it that. It's been, but this room's been a lot of things. This room's been our bedroom. This room has been, before that, it was her mom's office. And it was like stuff was, I mean, stuff was everywhere in here. Yeah. And then it was, before that, it was her first childhood room in this house. Well, I just want to paint a very quick picture in 10 seconds. I'm looking at Roy sitting underneath a six string guitar, a mandolin, (laughs) and a ukulele. Mm-hmm. In this room, there's two wonderful large windows, and if you listen real quietly and your ears are not damaged enough from lots of loud concerts, you can actually hear the waves, which are probably 60 feet away from me right now. Is that realistic? Nah, probably Longer? 30 yards. 30 yards away from me? 30, 40 yards. So um, I guess that's what I look forward to at 43. I lose my hearing. Yeah. Okay. I'm not 43. I'll be 42, man. No, 42. Calm down. My hearing. Calm <laughs> down. That. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's wild. This this room is. I mean, this house is the childhood house. 
of my wife. And so every room has seen a thousand mm-hmm. things. Yeah, so this room, cool. a lot of history. This room was her room when they moved back. And then it was an office. And then it was our bedroom. And then it was my classroom because I taught in here via Zoom. Yeah, um, yeah. I did that for a Ooh, year. the classroom. So that was weird. Hmm. And now it's just a guest room, and there's and there's a rad fish rug hanging on the wall too, yep. man. It's I like know. fish swimming in the vines. And there's a bobblehead of Andrew WK, who was a. Yeah. Do you know who that I guy have is? No idea, man. Andrew WK was a singer. He was popular in the early 2000s for songs about partying. Okay. <laughs> like he his songs are party hard. Let's it's time to party. Party till you puke. <laughs> um. I've seen him live so many times and he's like super positive and cool, man. I mean, it's his, if anyone listening, I know this is about some serious stuff, but if you have, if you have five minutes to kill Google or look up Andrew WK on Spotify, my road, my ride home was, will consist of tonight. Yeah, I can tell you some jewels i've i've jumped on stage with him i've wow. climbed over speakers i mean it's holy it's, cow man he's a he's a wild 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 guy yeah man that's great yeah and then next to that is oh, the it's your uh, little homie. It's the homies. <laughs> yeah we had a conversation about these little homie toys at coffee shop a few weeks ago and i remember them from the 90s right yep. once again Another, Roy, it's, a, it's a toy that probably wouldn't be around no, now. No, it's definitely not PC. It's yeah, it's, it's a Latin American male sitting in a wheelchair with a, a cross yeah. a necklace on. And uh, Roy would go off on these collectible <laughs> phases and go all in. Yeah, I collected homies. And homies are little 50-cent bubblegum machine, basically I, Mexican gangsters. I have a hunch that you're in a book collecting phase now because literally every time i see you there's a new book that you're like deep diving into but but yeah i spent probably let's see they're 50 cents a piece i probably spent upwards of 50 or 60 dollars over the course of five months so that's what 50 so probably 100 i have 100 or so of these little figurines dude you could sell that whole collection on ebay for i know but this one in particular is he's a mexican gangster in a wheelchair and it has (laughs) homies spray painted on the back and i wanted it so bad and i tried to get one and i couldn't get one for a long time luckily i worked at the grocery store and the guy who was filling the machine came in and i talked to him and i said look i've been trying to get this one you wouldn't happen to have one and he gave it to me for free. Yeah, man. So yeah, I haven't taken it out I of the little. I remember. I think they even had a clothing line, like yeah, they little did. homies. Uh huh. Yep, I remember that. But I, uh, <laughs> I haven't even. I've never taken them out of the little plastic thing. Oh, it's mint condition. Yeah. So it's pretty. Yeah, I don't know, man. Anyway, probably it's a toy that, <laughs> toy that wouldn't, wouldn't be around today. No. And yeah, and then, I mean, this place is going to have more tchotchke stuff once I get my classroom, empty out my classroom. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows what we'll name it. Am I sensing an announcement needs to be made, or is that... I mean, most people who know me know I'm quitting teaching, and that's for another Yeah, episode. another podcast. For those who don't know you, like how your journey got to where oh, you are. Oh, yeah. That's cool. going to be a juicy one. Juicy. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, yeah good man. intro. 
<laughs> cover a lot of ground there. Let me tell you, talk about podcasts. Mm-hmm. They are <laughs> beauty yes. along form. Thanks for sticking with us for this for this eight minute intro mm-hmm. about stuff that you Beautiful. can't see. Um, but, but the purpose the purpose of the podcast episode today is our continuing talk on you know male initiation and. I don't know. I think it's, yeah, it's about that. But for me, I feel like it's about, I don't know. It's about a, just my journey to discovering what is masculinity? What does it mean to be a man in this culture nowadays? Um, raising a, a boy. Hmm. I mean, it's about this. It's about a lot of stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only way to enter into something so vulnerable, which this is, mm-hmm. is to banter free flow for a few minutes. So the eight-minute intro was unintentionally, probably intentional. Mm-hmm. But I would say that, uh, okay, yeah, so just as a reminder, we're using Richard Rohr's book called mm-hmm. Adam's Return, mm-hmm. and he lists five principles of initiation of, uh, that seem to be uh, healthy ways of deconstructing the male ego and then building it back up mm-hmm. uh, which was were practices that were intentional pretty much up until only recent times in the history of our mm-hmm. ever since we've been keeping history of our world and so we're in this modern time we talked about that a lot on the first episode a few weeks ago but I wonder before we dive into we're going to talk about principle two and principle three today right tonight yeah principle two and three Two is you are not important. Mm-hmm. That's a big one for nowadays, and life is not about you. Yeah. So the first one was life is hard, mm-hmm. and then you are not important. Life is not about you. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Roy, recently you called me up one day with some disturbing information about something you had heard, and why this might be resonating. Why this might be time. Like uh-huh. your antenna might be up. I was telling you about Rick Rubin earlier tonight about this might be an important time for this to come out. And yeah. we had been reading some things about mm-hmm. a lot of men are suffering. Yeah, I think it's, I think that, um, you know, you spend, you can spend five minutes on the internet and see that there is, there's a problem. There's a problem with us. There's a problem with us, I guess, it's as men. There's a problem internally as a man. There's a problem with how being a man was viewed. I don't know. I don't want to use the word problem because I think conversations where we get into right and wrong, I don't think is ever a productive conversation. I think it's just there were view. There's been ways that men have existed and are existing that are destructive to 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 people like people as a whole and destructive to us as like internally as people you know and, and i think the thing that like i mean this has been on my mind this idea of masculinity this idea of what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a father? Is I mean that it's the cornerstone of the why I start the podcast. Mm-hmm. But it's been in my head and on my heart for as long as I can remember. 
you know, you can go back to the last episode, you know, even the first episode or just, you know, my viewpoint of what a man was based on my father, because that's what we do. We base things on the people that came before us was not the typical view of what a man is. And so then there's that struggle. And then I'm struggling to find my place as I'm, as I've grown up and now I'm 40 and I'm raising a, raising a boy and I mean, it's, it's a lot. So there's a lot that's on my heart and I want to, I don't know. I want to understand more. I want to talk about it more. Cause if you don't talk about it, it never, yeah, nothing ever happens. And you know, I, you know, I Googled specifically what you were talking about was I Googled statistics on suicide. And, um, according to a 2020, um, what would you call it? Poll or survey it said um and this was in 2020 so you might you you can google this for what it is now but um it says that that white middle-aged men died by suicide 3.88 times more than women Mm. it said that so and then there's an average and then i'm gonna hit a couple other things so there's an average of 130 suicides per day which is which is wild to think about. And so of that... That's just in the U.S. That's just in the U.S. There's an average of 130 suicides per day. And in 2020, white males accounted for 69.68% of all suicide deaths. Mm-hmm. So if we, if we take that and break it down, that means 89 men are dying on average daily to suicide. Yeah. Yeah. Specifically white middle-aged men. So us. Yeah. And so I read that and I'm just like, fuck. Why? Why is that happening? Why are people, why are are men more likely to commit suicide than women? Why are white males more likely to commit suicide? Yeah. And why is it our age? Which means, you know, and so it's just a wild thing. And I'm not trying to say that, like, our struggle is worse or more. Our struggle is our struggle. Everyone's struggle is their struggle. Yeah. This is not a thing to we need to... I mean, kind of feels like you need not a saving of the men, but, but, but like, 69%? Yeah. I like, mean, that's a huge number. It is. Um, my mind goes to like, it goes to kind of disturbing places Mm -hmm. because I think about like in Chicago, black men Mm -hmm. and boys, probably a lot more than 89 die every month. Oh yeah. Probably Mm -hmm. per day. I don't, I don't know the statistics, but I've heard. And so it's like, yeah, you're right in saying that this is not a space where I think we're trying to lift up the plight of the white male at -hmm. all. And I I would hope that everyone listening would would hear that. Um, We're trying to create a space where we explore some things that are deeply painful, are not really, we don't have a, not a space to really explore, and they're Mm -hmm. having clearly a profound impact on people's lives um, as a part of the greater narrative of things that are impact other, other people, Mm -hmm. other cultures lives as well. And so, um, 
in this day and age as a white male, it's difficult to figure out um, kind of like how to be, what to, how to share, what to say. And that is not to say, obviously, that, uh, yeah, oh, poor us. Like, because we know that we come from a lineage of patriarchy that white men have been the center stage for so long. And I was thinking about just sharing that we talked about an Ezra Klein episode, podcast episode mm-hmm. that he shared. This guy named uh, Richard Reeves wrote a book called Of Boys and Men. And they shared this, that um, back in 72, Congress passed the Title IV to tackle gender equity in education. Mm-hmm. At that time, men were 13 percentage points more likely to hold bachelor's degrees than women. Today, that is flipped. Women are 15 points more likely so to do so than men. So it's not only reversed, men have dropped so far down uh, on, on all the all the cult- cultural all mm-hmm. cu- cultures and all tracking uh, graph you know categories men are falling down the list rapidly and what they share that I think is important I, I'd like to say is in that from that is you know for so long we haven't even tracked uh, the progress of women and now yeah. over the last 50 60 years we have and so re- relatively fast, the the status of women, the opportunities for women, the equity has has increased. It's not anywhere near where it needs to be, mm-hmm. uh, and we celebrate that. And, and of course, we celebrate that. Mm-hmm. That's what like a healthy male would do. And then you wonder, like, also, like, okay, um, that need there needs to be like a reckoning. Where like, yeah, you've had hundreds of years, thousands of years to to be the center. Now it's our turn, kind of a thing. Is, is an appropriate, I think, lament for a time. 100%. Like, it's an appropriate place to be like, you're right. Like, we've been the only ones who've been tracked. We've been at the top of the top of the pyramid, um, our, our, our lineage, whatever, yeah. uh, and our experience. And the only appropriate way to start that is to lament that uh, it's changed. It's to celebrate that it's changing. Yeah. And um, But then, as they say, like, it doesn't really is not really constructive to stay in that space. Mm-hmm. Like to, to celebrate that and then to lament that, uh, that there's some issues, but then like think, start thinking about, okay, how can we tell stories? How can we move to uh, what it might mean to talk vulnerably and honestly and courageously about why the situation is that men are just dropping so rapidly in all the categories, education, finance, professional, opportunities, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the ways is to continue in the conversation, to be open to the talk, be open to what it is that we're feeling, what it is that we're experiencing, what it, you know, sharing the stories in a way that is about building bridges, is a way that is in to, I think, create more of a relationship approach to us and our place in the world, a relationship to to everyone, a relationship to women, a relationship to yeah, that's good. All of this, instead of just like it's us and then it's them, which will direct directly. I think the conversation it's directly going to relate to that with these two truths of of you know you are not important and life is not about you, um, because I think that I think one of the reasons there's there's a lot of reasons why 
and we can go into all of them. I mean, there's an emotional aspect. There's a fact that we're not allowed to talk. You know, we don't talk about our emotions. We, I mean, we could go down so many avenues of why. And I think this focus on initiation for me is powerful is that like women, women have an initiation. Women have the point of they are no longer just little girls anymore. And I think, you know, that's with, you know, the coming of menstruation and that type of stuff. And I think there's more culture around that. I'm not saying in Western culture is it done right. I'm not one to talk about that. I don't, I'm not the authority on that. But I think there's, there's that initiation. And I think for us, we don't have that. We don't have a thing of where there's a shift. I mean, you are now you know, you are now a man, you know, there's not that, or you are now a provider of, or an active participant in society. You know, maybe it's, you know, I think the closest thing could come would be, you know, maybe graduating college. But I know we talked about a lot of that in the first, you know, conversation about that is the need for that. And yeah, I think it's a powerful thing. It's something that needs to be, conversations need to be had. Yeah. There is something and conversations need to be had. Yeah. I'm not an expert. You're not an expert. We're just no two way. guys that resonate with this. Like you're saying, I like the idea of our antennas are up, so let's talk about it. Because mm-hmm. that's how things are. Because if we talk about it, maybe someone will listen and they'll start talking about it. Yeah. And that's all I can say. But... I kind of wanted to intro, you know, yeah, we talked about the statistics, the importance of it. I wanted to talk sort of about, I don't, I was trying to find a cool word for this, but I just called opposite initiations, <laughs> like initiations in my life that had the opposite effect of what initiation should be. Okay. So in the book, when, and, and I've done a little deeper dive into different societies, I bought this book um, that I was reading about um different is male gender it's it's a very academic book he goes to different this this author goes through different uh countries and goes through all these different initiations and they were wild um but what you can see is a theme is deconstruction so the initiation is to deconstruct who you were and in a lot of ways it's the child you're deconstructing the child in order to reconstruct this adult, right? And there's power in deconstruction. There's power in breaking down the ego. There's thousands of books written. And yes, I'm a collector. I don't own that many of them. But I've read <laughs> enough books to saying that, that the power of the self, the true nature of wisdom, is the deconstruction of the ego. Mm-hmm. Deconstruction of knowing that you don't know it all. Yeah. Or leaving the old. Yeah. You know, we could go Lord of the Rings and talk about Frodo. Yeah. His journey was a deconstruction. He never could come back to the Shire mm-hmm. after his initiation, after all that he did. He has yeah. to go to the Grey Havens. And I'm not, guys, <laughs> Lord of the Rings is amazing. I don't care what anyone says. And anyway, but it's needed. It's needed for that. Yeah. And so for me, I was just thinking about like things that had the opposite effect. 
Okay. Or things that only deconstruct it. Okay. And so I don't know if you have any. Yeah, I got some. Okay. So do you want to share? Sure. You'll share yours and I'll share mine. Okay. Maybe one. Yeah. I think that was a pretty creative way to talk about that. Um, I go to church when I think about that. Uh And uh, I grew up in the church. I was a pastor's kid in the United Methodist tradition in New Mexico. And then I became a pastor Mm -hmm. here in Virginia. And I just, I stepped away from ministry about nine months ago, 10 months ago. uh, And I'm just kind of in limbo trying to find my way. So when I think about the initiation and what the technology of spirituality is supposed to do, if you... Mm -hmm. If I can use that way to, to, to say it, it's supposed to deconstruct your ego yeah. and bring you into the collective mm-hmm. and immerse you in the transcendent, not so that you can escape this world and just let it burn and go somewhere else, but so that you could be fully anchored and present in, in this world for its transformation to, mm-hmm. to the good and towards love. That is not anything of what happens <laughs> most <laughs> of the time in church. And yeah. we would go on these three and a half day retreats that still happen in uh, a lot of different mainline churches that came out of a really beautiful beginning, but ended up just becoming like these secretive uh, people thought on the outside that they were kind of like cult behavior. Mm-hmm. And there were three and a half day things where you couldn't wear a watch, you weren't supposed to ask what's next, and you couldn't really ask questions, you just kind of had to let it go, which is kind of cool, like, mm-hmm. to take a young man, and, and there was one specifically for, like, they would take women on, or young girls on one and men on one, right about the age of, like, 15. Yeah. And you'd be, like, with 30 other teenagers, 15-year-olds or so, and then about 50 men, or maybe, maybe 30, 40 men, and you'd be together the whole time, and there's, like, 16 talks, and a lot of inside jokes, and you get real, real the sense of closeness. And then it's, um, yeah, and, and I think about those as like they were supposed to like take you somewhere, and it's built upon uh, the, the, de- the death of Christ, the rising of Christ, and the life of Christ is like the, the day, the theme of each day. Um, and it ends up like, yeah, I, I thought of that, and that was kind of what was supposed to be the initiation into. Uh, something bigger than yourself and mm-hmm. uh there's even one for adults called walk to emmaus um the one i was on was called chrysalis so i just i don't have a real specific or dramatic example in that there's lots but i, I would just say that was what i thought of and it and it it was cool in that there's a lot of hype to it there was a lot of like i would say artificial closeness to people mm-hmm. and then you would end and it would just kind of like fade away and there was often we always joked as i was longer in ministry and stuff you could tell though they're about to go on that particular event okay they're going to come back being fundamentalist hyper focused spiritual folks for about six months three months they'll be very annoying (laughs) then they'll kind of phase back out and there's going to be this drop about three to six months they're going to be a drop and they're going to like fall into the abyss and realize that they've been walking on a sort of a cloud for a little while of superiority above Mm -hmm. all the rest of us and then they'll fall back down hard that was just what happened every time after someone would come home. It was very, very little like they were like truly transformed into a loving being. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, that's what I thought of. Why do you think why they weren't fully transformed? Well, I think it's because it was all about, you know, the mistake that modern Western Christianity has largely made. is like it's all about the single transformation and then they're mm-hmm. done. 
It's like you, it's a colonizer thing. You move in to a neighborhood, you, you pray prayers with people and there's not a whole lot of like thought about how do we change infrastructures of injustice and how do we, what do we do when we leave? It's honestly an American thing. We go to countries, we intervene thinking we're the saviors, then we leave. Mm And we try to like uphold things and it, it never really works. Um, so I think Christianity is embedded in that. And that's kind of our mentality. We do that yeah. with people's lives. And that's dangerous stuff yeah. to not like go the distance with someone, not to go through the mess with someone like Jesus did to us. Instead, you just go in, pray a prayer, do a quick change and then leave. And I think that's why. Yeah. It's like planting a plant in a pot. You put this cool plant in a pot. Yeah. You put the soil in, but then you just leave it. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. You don't tend. You don't it. water it. You don't tend to it. You, you don't, don't do walk anything. with it. Yeah. 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 You don't. You don't. You know, trim it when it needs to, etc. Yeah. I know a lot of this is we get so hyper Christian focused, and a lot of that's because that's our background. But you know, I can think of tons of those type of retreats. You know, you go to it and you come back and you're so freaking annoying and no one wants to hang out with you. <laughs> you're like burning hated, your secular CDs. Yeah. I hated when my parents would go to uh parent retreats. Oh parent man. Conferences. Oh dude. Those were the worst. Cause they always come back with new and creative ways to punish oh, us. Crap. And I'm just like, that That's terrible. sucks. But uh, <laughs> anyway, my, my opposite initiation it's just so <laughs> we talked about this a little bit before but we talk about this stuff and sometimes i get really insecure and maybe that's the the male in me that's like you don't talk about this crap you're just complaining about silly stuff um but you know for me i guess maybe because i've done therapy for 10 years i'm like if you're thinking about something at 40 that happened to you at 11 <laughs> it probably is was important or you need to at least address it so like for me this yeah. was this was what my opposite initiation that really really deconstructed the crap out of me and and oh anyway <clears throat> so i grew up going to summer camp my favorite place in the world it's amazing. I have nothing but good things to say about it, except this one little event for my life. So, you know, when you go to this camp, you have the younger boys, younger girls, older boys, older girls, and the cutoff is 13. If you're 13, you're considered the older boy or older girl, you know, 12 and under. Sorry, you're the younger boy. And it's cool to be the older kid because when you're an older kid, you know, you're up a little bit later. There's special devotional, special activities at night that you can go to. And so, like, you grow up going to this. You know, I grew up going to this camp, and so from, like, 9 or 10. And so it's like, oh, I can't wait to be an older boy. It's going to be so fun. going to be so rad. I love it. Can't wait. Can't wait. And so one summer, I turned 13 halfway through the, halfway through the week. So the director was like, you can go to the older, this older kid devotionals now. And I was super psyched. I thought it was going to be this rad thing. But I'm also nervous because like no one in my cabin was an older kid. They were all younger. I was the only one. So I went to this, this older kid event and it was in this, um, 
it was in the basketball, the gymnasium or whatever there. And, um, it was, it was going to be like a game night, you know? So I'm like nervous. I think my counselor, one of the counselors came with me, but the game they're playing is honey. If you love me, you'll smile, which is a silly, silly game. For those of you that don't know, basically you have to, everyone's, you know, I think it's like a boy girl thing. You're in a circle and then one person has to go in and talk to the person, of the opposite sex and try to get them to smile. And you're supposed to say, honey, if you love me, you'll smile. And if they smile, you get to take their place and they go in the circle. I find out we're doing this and I am fucking terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here, this 12 year old little boy, right? Surrounded by older kids, like 16, 17. And it doesn't, like, age doesn't seem that weird now when you're in your 40s. But when you're 12, looking at a 17 year old, oh my God. It's terrifying. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, what am I doing? And of course, who's the first person? Like, when there's a girl in there, the first person they go to is me. Oh, so I lose it and I smile at first. And so then I get stuck in this oh, and man. i i think i went to like oh i'm six, just picturing your sweet little self six six or seven girls <sighs> finally one smiled maybe because they felt sorry for me oh, that's but dramatic. i just i just remember feeling nothing but like shame mm. and like wanting to crawl back into a hole mm. and yes it's a silly game but like this was my like introduction like i was an older boy yeah. Yeah. And here it is like I mean I was I was embarrassed as fuck. Like mm -hmm. none of these girls and some of these like you know they're older girls, they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I'm having to walk around trying to get them to smile and it's and I'm an awkward kid as it is, you know, as it is. I mean, yeah. If I was if it was 12 then yeah, I was in the <clears throat> band. You know, I didn't play sports. I was chubby. I was awkward and here it is. It just was like it sucked, and so I think it was like the the epitome of of deconstruction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So that I played that game many day many times. I know. Yeah, you gotta warn a brother, warn somebody. Yeah, you know? no, you, you think about that as as an adult leading students or teenagers, uh -huh. like that game really would be from like a student's framework that would be, could be very traumatic if you're not like at the anywhere near the top of the social hierarchy people could just make funny and yeah it could be very damaging mm -hmm. so so yeah so that was and and so i think a lot of us have these type of situations mm -hmm. instead of like what you know what these initiations are supposed to be yeah you know there's that book you know the story in raising cain which is another great book to read if you're a father about to raise some boys. I recommend that guy who went to this camp. And it was known for its like manly traditions. And, you know, they had this one initiation thing, quote unquote initiation, where the boys would come in as braves with headdresses on. And then all the younger boys were squaws and had to wear these blankets on them. And, you know, a squaw is a woman. And so, like, the only way to become a brave or one of the ways was to like recite this yeah. intricate poem that was full of like, you know, native American language. Mm. And this one, this, 
story in particular is this guy couldn't get he couldn't memorize this poem and so he spent the whole time at camp as a squaw and was never able to like you know yeah come up as a brave and so it's like this kind of stuff sucks and and i think what sucks about a tradition like that is there's no real substance to it like for you there's no real substance to that it's just yeah for them i mean if you we could we could talk a whole episode about the idea of like it's it seems like from that tradition and that initiation it's not that you're trying to be a man you're just not trying to be a girl yeah which is something that i think these initiations especially in western culture try to be is and and that's a culture for us as men is, is we're not trying to be quote unquote men or like leaders or whatever it is we're just trying to not be feminine not try not be women not be that and so yeah to get to a point where we can figure this out and maybe have true initiations i think would really transform a lot of us and a lot of boys so yeah and i don't know what it looks like yet hopefully by the end of these things we might have something but well i i highly doubt that we'll have any any like uh, larger structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would be cool to ex- explore an experiential mm-hmm. part of this podcast where yeah. maybe we bring in a, a wiser elder in. We've talked about that to talk to us. And yeah. if we perhaps we find out we've been just blaringly wrong mm-hmm. on a lot of this, but I, I would say that <clears throat> one of the things that's I think is evident is that our attempts at initiation uh weren't really doing much in the last you know maybe maybe the last century like yeah the bar mitzvahs and mm-hmm. the confirmation and the uh quinceañeras for girls in latin culture and uh i mean there's a, there's a host of other ones like first mm-hmm. communion and if you're in religious spaces well those were just producing like good little religious boys and girls who were just knew what to memorize. Yeah. I think largely that it would it would largely be argued if people were honest that that's really what those did, mm-hmm. and they were they were kind of like tools at getting you to buy into the system and be lifelong tithing members. Yeah, <laughs> that's really what they were. They weren't really changing hearts, making you more compassionate, making making males more tempered, more grounded, more collective, more uh, open, um, and, and so forth, uh, more more capable of relation, healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't really doing that stuff. And so we turned other ways, other places. And um, <laughs> as, as, as males who are raising children now, we're just kind of like, it's, it's sensitive to us because it's mm-hmm. on our minds. Like how... Yeah. How do we not do that? Because I really am not interested in my kids going through confirmation um, unless they really want to, like in the in the Christian tradition, and unless they really want to, um, and unless it's done in such a way that it partners like an actual spiritual experience, experience with mm-hmm. uh, ways that they can be um, they can be partners with other people in society and not like take over spaces, and they can they can marry spirituality with um like um activism if they can do that but mm-hmm. where am i going to find that bro i mean come yeah. on really really like not not where i not anywhere i know around here so yeah i it just is kind of like well, okay we're, we'll try to do some of that on our own at home and that's mm-hmm. going to fall dramatically short 
Um, and yeah, I think we're just honestly searching for where to go. Yeah. We just need, sometimes you just need to, we need a space to figure that out, right? Yeah. Because you mentioned this word tempered. And I think a lot of times we feel like we're not, we, 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 we shouldn't temper our manhood. Yeah. You know, and I think what any older wise men, if you go to these, these, um, societies, the wise men knew, the older men knew that, that like we had to be, it's not that it's not a breaking of the boy. It's like we have this in us biologically, this like, I don't know why wild maybe that needs to yeah. be, um, there's all the words on my, oh my gosh, it was right there, Andrew. Integrated? Integrate, yeah. We'll, we'll, it wasn't that, but we'll say integrated into it and that it's not because what we see is, is, is all that or not that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've said that two or three times and I think the older, wiser males were, were, were wanting to balance, <laughs> balanced males. Oh, because we need to balance we need a balance of our emotions we need a balance of our our like uh physicality we need all of that that's how we are we are um builders we're not tearing things down we're not taking i i I think it's probably important to say you're not that important which is the one you're gonna you're gonna riff on a little bit Mm -hmm. how does that fit into what we're talking about here and what do you do when you see the statistics, when okay. when lives yeah. are being taken, how does you are not important even a helpful thing to say? Why, how do we get there? What do we do with well, that? Well, I think, I think one, as a society, so there's one, as a society or as people, we believe we are the most important people around. How much do you think of yourself, right? In a day, how much do you think about you? A lot. A lot, <laughs> right? We are the world, right? And... You know, I look at like, um, I also got some more statistics with this um, because it was with regards to social media. It says 59% of the population use social media. Daily uses of two hours and three, two hours, three minutes, right? So what happens when we're on social media, right? Like, I don't know, I'm asking, like, what happens? Why are we on social media? Yeah, it's like... Why, a- are, we, why are we on Instagram? Why are we on Facebook? Why are we on Twitter? I think... There's an honest answer, mm-hmm. and there's an answer people say. But I think the honest answer is you're looking for affirmation for mm-hmm. your existence. Yep. You're looking for validation affirmation. We're looking to, to just say, no, I'm important. Look at me. We, 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 you know, we're a very narcissistic, selfish culture. You know, we, we think about ourselves. We are, we're the shit. You know, and I think it does sound counterintuitive, you know, and I just said to think about the idea of um, 69% of, you know, all suicides are males. Yeah, yeah, you're not that important. Like, I don't think it's, it's not the important, there's like, it's not the important of, and that's what I've been struggling with the word to say, like, it's not, like, yes, you are not that important. You are not the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. 
that's essentially what that's trying to get at. Yeah, and I think with these cultures, what they're trying to say is these little boys, we grow up as kids, we are the center of the universe Yeah, to our parents, right? Mm -hmm. We are catered to, fed, clothed, all of it, as it should be, yeah. right? Yeah. We should be, at on some level, the center of the world. But our place in the world... Like, because there's two different worlds. You have the world that you know, and then the world that you're actually a part of, right? And so these cultures, these initiations, and these these ideas and these talks from the older men to the younger men were, this isn't your world. You're a part of this whole thing. And so you need to start providing being a part of it, right? Yeah. So it changes, it changes I guess it changes the definition of importance. Well, I think the sense? temptation there is, you said the word providing. The temptation mm -hmm. is to say, and I think this is what our culture has done. Mm -hmm. If you're not providing, you're useless. Yep. Mm -hmm. And your your value is determined by what you produce. Yep. And that's the word behind providing. Mm -hmm. And that's what our capitalistic culture would tell us. Yeah. And... That's the message you get mm -hmm. from. It's, that's the message you often get from, like, religions that marry with the state mm -hmm. and with capitalism. Is you got to produce, you got to do more, you got to be more. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting here looking at a book in front of me on your table that says, "Being nobody, going nowhere." Yeah, a reflection and meditations on some of the Buddhist path, Buddhist tradition. And we've talked a lot about that at a retreat we've done together yeah. months ago. Um, you know, you're not important, but you are significant. I've heard that mm -hmm. that sort of paradigm said. You're not that important, and but you are deeply significant. And and if you've never had anyone prove to you that you're significant, not by words, but by acts of love, by patience, by long suffering, by sacrificing for you. Mm -hmm you're going to grow up not believing that you're either important or significant. Mm -hmm. um, or if you're told that you're important and you remain the center of the universe through your childhood, through your teenage years, into adulthood, um, and you never are able to like have anybody show you how to let go of your self-centeredness, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think it's extremely destructive either way. Um, and it, it's hard because when you don't have like role models or, or mentors and guides, older folks often, who can demonstrate your importance and significance to you mm -hmm. and then demonstrate how to how to let go of the selfishness and move into the broader whole. I don't know, but there's a lot of kids like that and it's tragic. There's nothing else to say except it's so deeply sad and it makes yeah. me want to just love people more. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's it's... I think it's a product of, I mean, you could go to like how things were the last 20 years where everybody, you know, you're so special. You're special, yeah. you know? Yeah. No, you're special. No, you're great. You deserve to have the A. You know, you deserve to have that. You deserve this. You deserve that. You know, you get the cushy lifestyle. Everything's done for you. You know, you use that term helicopter parents, you yeah. know? And I think that 
all that does is breed someone who thinks that they're entitled to the world. And I think if you go to like a back to the tribal culture, like you're not like you have to help on you have to I can't I keep I don't want to use the word provide, but you had to be a part of everything. Yeah. You couldn't just be an adult and be given everything. Like you're, you know, you've got to go with us and you have to hunt for the food. You have to cook. You have to do this. There's, there's a participation in this that you need to do. But I think when you grow up with that sense of, 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 of specialness, not significance, because I think significance is very different. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's, that's something that. Yeah. I. I was shown a lot as a kid. I knew I wasn't special. <laughs> but I knew that like I I mattered to my parents. Yeah. Like it, you know, that was something. Yeah. And like I failed so many times. It took me 13 years to get out of college. Yeah. <laughs> I knew yeah. I wasn't I knew I wasn't totally. special, but we're sold that I think parents when 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 we were not teaching this kid a sense of the world bigger than the family yeah that you don't understand that participation you grow up feeling entitled to everything yeah that the world every you are owed everything yeah you know and that becomes there's no relationship to people it's what this person can give to me yeah you know what the partner can give to me and for men i think it's important because what this woman is going to give to me what this kid is going to do for me you know what you know that's that sense that's the damaging part of this Mm -hmm. is that women world land whatever is ours for the taking yeah which i think can be very damaging yes because it looks at always it looks because because basically you're looking you're not seeing a woman, you're seeing an object. Yeah. For for me, an object for me. Yeah. And for thousands of years, I mean, yeah. that's what it you're was. Right. Um, and so it's important. I think it's important for my my kid to know that. Yeah, man, you're important to me. I love you, and you're significant. But this, you got it. There's a participation. This world's bigger. Yeah. Than you. Yeah, and and it's it it's done through I, I think I'm think I think of that quote that says like, you know, preach love at all times and if necessary use words. It's really not done through words. No. It's done through actions, it's done through uh-huh. intentional experiences, like travel to I mean not everyone can travel, but pl- going to places where uh where that culture might be different, mm-hmm. where it isn't like all about the the uh, the coddling of of the of the uh, your own precious child your own precious family and yeah. what 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 time are we at Roy we're good okay um, that leads I'm it's leading into the second one but I'll save that uh, the third one but I think that um, yeah I was just saying like I'm thinking about this like it's so important to like look people in the eye mm-hmm. and how few times that happens where you're actually really able to see somebody mm-hmm. and really able to listen to somebody 
and those sort of like acts of sig- acts of expression that signify that this person is significant that mm-hmm. that demonstrate significance um like i think as a father that is way more important that i do that to my children than than um trying to tell them that they're not that important but they're significant or trying to like teach them this thing to memorize or even honestly take them to confirmation Mm -hmm. (laughs) if i if i regularly look at them in the eye and really listen to their stories play with them for a little bit get on the floor talk to them try to like try to show tenderness Mm -hmm. uh while wrestling (laughs) and while just try to enter their world and i don't do it very well but um I think that expresses a lot more that they're significant. And I think the time will come as they grow. My kids are pretty young, uh, as are, as is Jasper. The time will come as they grow where I'll be able, if I'm aware enough, to to demonstrate what that means. But And also, the only other way is if I actually live it out. If I yeah. try to wrestle with my own ego and self-centeredness um, and pride um, and how how to do that well, how to integrate myself mm-hmm. in that way. And it's not going to help if I don't think I'm significant. You know, I'm uh-huh. just dogging myself all the time. And they hear me saying, like, dogging myself. Yeah. And it's also not going to help if I'm always, like, thinking about me. On the mm-hmm. other side, it's, it's a hard, narrow is the road that leads to life, man. It's, it's a hard path to walk. Yeah, man, and it's, it's tough. It's tough to, like, you're, it's easier to go to a retreat instead of, like, living things out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the power in these initiations from from studying this and reading this is the deconstruction that happens you know because at the core like you know there's this quote in in the book he says our personality and self-image is all we have (laughs) and that's our small self you know that that's not really who we are like and and you could say it all day you know we're not the people that we're posting on Instagram there's so much more to us but we don't know that mm-hmm. how do you know that how do you know that there's more than that inside you you have to do something or be a part of something that breaks that part down or actively yeah, trying that's to that's really good because that only then can you you know he, the themes of these only after things have been deconstructed can you rebuild you know and these these men would come out of it, and they, you know, the, most of the chapter in this about, you know, uh, you are not important was about how the master would teach this, mm. you know, and it was just this this constant, you know, you know, uh, breaking down of the student or the person that was in this, and not as like this harsh negative thing, but just mm. the understanding that the ego has to die, in order for us to really truly see, yeah that there's more to us yeah you know and, and it's and i think that l- living with the idea that you're the most important thing in the world with that entitlement is where this depression where this anger where this frustration where this stuff comes from hmm. you know because because you you sense that every like what I said before everything is yours for the taking, mm-hmm. and if they're not given to it, if they're not listening to you, you know if your wife's not listening to you or the mm-hmm. kids aren't listening to you, you know, and you don't have that sense, you know that that healthy, the uh, healthy attitude towards that, 
then I mean that's when you just you don't understand mm-hmm. why why aren't you listening to me why aren't you giving me this why is this happening the way it is it shouldn't be happening like this because because it's all about me yeah you know and so I don't know man I think that was shown to me a little bit as a, as growing up through how my father interacted with my mom and stuff and I don't know, man. It's just, it, it's just, it's about, I think our lives are about participation in relationships, relationship to, to each other, relationship to the world, relationships to, to everything. Yeah. You know, and participating in this, not just like sitting back and taking. Yeah. You know? So I agree, man. I agree. I think it's deeply important. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel feel like I'm learning along the way too because, mm-hmm. yeah, once again, uh, not coming at this as experts, really trying to search for answers and yeah. trying to find. Uh, I feel like I'm lacking a lot, honestly. Like, I don't feel like I'm doing a fantastic job at uh, at living some of this stuff out, mm-hmm. and so I'm just trying to find find the way forward. Yeah, um, trying to find other people who can also be honest. Well, you that's the, that's the key to wisdom, you know. He he wrote in this powerless is the beginning of wisdom. It's like that knowing that you don't know it all, is what makes it what makes it so important. Mm-hmm. Is that understanding? You yeah. Know? Even Matthew McConaughey said that. And if he said it, it's got to be. Gotta be I mean, cool, that's right. Like gospel exactly. is knowing that, that you don't know everything. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that. Um, yeah. I don't know what I was going to say, except, uh, yeah, I think that, um, I lost my train of thought. That's cool. I think it leads into the third truth when life is not about you. Yeah. You know, which, you know, these two are so linked. I think they're both dealing with the ego, but, um, I don't know. What did you think? You know? Yeah. Life is not about you. So we go from life is hard. Uh huh. So that's something that, yeah, we need to <laughs> reflect upon. Uh, you are not that important. Life is not about you. And here we go. Like my first feelings upon these were, okay, we're talking to a relatively wealthy culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, these messages are not the same messages that a non-entitled uh, child in poverty uh-huh. needs, needs to hear. We're talking to children being raised. That would include, include us, even though we've had suffering. Who re- relatively we we were, yeah some of the most wealthiest people who have come along in the history of the world, um, so to speak. And so this is um, yeah this is a it's a it's a strange time to be alive because we're seeing that this experiment that we've made is not working. It's not producing um, adults, grown-ups who uh, who are growing in wisdom. It's it's producing grown-ups who are staying at certain phases along the developmental path too yeah. long. And I think that's really it. Like psychologically yeah. speaking, mm-hmm. spiritually speaking, it's a lot of us are stuck. We're constipated emotionally, physically, spiritually. Uh, I don't know physically, but spiritually and uh, emotionally and psychologically and and we're trying to 
if we're aware enough, we're trying to get out of those phases, but a lot of us aren't even aware that we're stuck in a phase. Mm-hmm. And so we think that, uh, so, okay, life is hard, you're not the poor, life is not about you. We, we think if, if we don't get any other message than the one that culture will inherently give each of us as well as our children, our che- mm-hmm. children are hearing this every day, no matter if they're homeschooled, private schooled, or public schooled, or what, that, um, that yeah, that life is about them, that we're, we're, we're in a very hyper-individualist time, mm-hmm. and where it says, like, everything is about you, all the marketing is saying, like, if you have a need, just go for it. If you have a desire, just fill it. If you want something, you deserve it, um, that you are the most important thing um, right now, like you. And that's the message I think that, because I, I, know, I think that the, the cynical side is because people know that sells. Mm-hmm. If an advertiser or company can make you believe that and their product will fill that need, then you'll buy it. Mm-hmm. That's really sucky. And that's really sucky to think of how much like advertising and money is driving our initiation as opposed to wisdom and depth and love. Um, those those things, and so I think that we're searching for ways to help our kids realize that they need to grow a healthy individual. We we want to grow mm-hmm. a child who has a healthy foundation that they are balanced, that they are cared for, that they are loved, that they are precious, they are significant, um, so that they can eventually grow into the collective. And I kind of see it as a pathway. If they are like a, a sprouting tree, um, they will eventually grow into a fo- into other forest. But if we don't help, if we keep them believing that life is only about them, they'll think that they're a single standing tree and they are the most important thing. And so I just, you see it all over our culture, like political leaders, celebrities, religious leaders, mm-hmm. um, professionals who still believe that they are the fucking most important thing in the world and yeah. that if mm-hmm. you can't agree with them then you're wrong then mm-hmm. you're you're actually evil if you don't agree with me and my perspective and my framework anything outside of my framework my tribe my tradition is evil and there there are some who who are that blatant about it and some who are less nuanced and even those folks those of us who say oh well, we're progressive we're kind of out of that uh, the tribe, but no, we're more superior than the than the tribe mm-hmm. than the than the conservatives are. <laughs> it's like you're still tribalism. It's all still about you. Yeah. So how do we move out of the hyper individualism? How do we raise kids that are not immersed and saturated in destructive hyper individualism? Is my my feelings on that? Yeah, I think that the hyper individualism is the word like we were talking about this earlier like you are not an important entitlement was the the word that came with that with life is not about you it's individualism mm-hmm. which i think yes it is true we have to 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 grow with a healthy sense of self like that that's the foundation to everything mm-hmm. right a healthy sense of who we are what we can do what we can accomplish i think one where are we ever in situations where that gets challenged yeah right you know, yeah. or we've realized what we can do. Okay. Hmm. So that's, that's a problem right there to, to, to not have that healthy sense of self. You know, I think it's, it's, it's just so, you know, oh my God, you talked about 
advertising. And yeah, it is all about us. But where in our life are people, do, do people get a chance to listen to us? Right? I think a lot of times people just want someone to listen to them. Yeah. People want to right. be seen and heard. Yeah. I see that with kids. Every kid I teach just wants to be seen and heard. My kid wants to be seen and heard. They want their their things to be valid. It's not about their frustrations, their angers. Their thing isn't about the toy that they don't have or the fact that he, <clears throat> he didn't want to go to sleep tonight. He wanted to hang out with us. You know, it's just about being seen and heard. And I think... In these cultures, you were seen and heard, <laughs> you know, you were a part of it. You know, you would come out of these initiations, you would be a part of it, and you'd see that like, yes, I am me, but I'm also a part of all of this. And so it's important for me to participate. It's important to me to look outside myself right now, you know, and see. And I think it's easy though for us though, to go from the pendulum that, I mean, life is about everyone else to when then we take ourselves and we put ourselves small. Yeah. And I think that's not what we're trying to do. Yeah. Like talking about the fact that you're not that important is not trying to make you quote unquote small. Yeah. It's just a healthy understanding of who you are, your place in this city, your place in the world, your place is the collective. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. The, the response I've heard talked about this mm. life is not about you but you are about life yes that and was that, i was gonna say oh, that sorry, i stole that from there <laughs> it makes me think about like okay what okay i'm hearing myself talk and uh i'm hearing you i feel like i'm sounding very angry and uh that's mm. something i struggle with and i've i'm i've come to that realization in the last few years it's a lot of anger and i'm working through some of that mm -hmm. but clearly it's there but this is like it's one of those things that like, okay, when you don't know what to do with something, you get angry about it. Yeah. And beneath that is fear. Yep. Fear is the driving emotion of anger. So it's like and fear that, you know, you're not going to find your way. You're not going to help your kids find the way, whatever. But I think this is like, this is helpful. This is hopeful to talk about it like mm -hmm. this and to dialogue and have the courage to speak up. Um, but what does it mean like that you are about life? You know, what is that? What do you hear in that? I think that I hear importance. <laughs> it's funny, right? I hear important in that. I hear that I'm a part of it. Yeah. That I matter. Yeah. I hear that whatever large or small it is, I, I matter. Like what I do matters to some extent. It doesn't matter like the, you know, a famous person or it doesn't matter like that, but it matters the decisions that I make. Yeah. It matters um the food i buy it matters where you know how i drive it matters f like the core these little silly things all of those little things matter yeah right how you do anything is how you do everything yeah. right yeah you know was it you that said that uh, roar said that every there's i i hear that all the time <laughs> but but like there it's just yeah to the point of like the silliness of like, I, I try not to, I'm not trying to like virtue signal, but I try to like not use plastic bottles when I can, because I think it matters that because I'm participating. If I'm continuing to buy plastic as much as, you know, I am, or as people are without thinking about the fact, you know, 
mm-hmm. that it's there. We're just growing the what is it the plastic, the plastic island out in the Pacific. Mm. And sure, like, is me not buying plastic gonna make that big a difference? No. Yeah. But at least it's something. Yeah. And and people make fun of it all the time. <laughs> but it's like at least it's something, because I do think it matters. Like, so yeah, like. How I interact with people matters. Yeah, man. You know, what I'm doing with my life matters to some. So I've said that a lot. It's okay to be angry about stuff. It is, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm grateful for the space and the friendship to explore that. Because uh-huh. uh, where else we really can yet? I mean, therapy. But yeah. well, the, I think the opposite of like hyper-individualism is interconnectedness. And you were just talking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what you do, what you purchase is a part of the connectedness of all things, mm-hmm. how you purchase, how you consume. Clearly, uh, we're consuming like we're hyper-individualists. Yeah. That's what we're doing. I mean, let's just call it out. Like, in our culture, if if you're, yeah, we're, we're purchasing, and there's no reason why we should still be using plastic yeah. bags or whatever. It's like, we only do that because of what the money says, and not because of what the interconnectedness is, is desperately crying for now. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. seeing our place mm-hmm. in life and seeing how we literally come from this earth, from our mother earth. Mm-hmm. We are about life. And so we are significant. Um, we are, yeah. Um, and I'm not like for me, like it's not that I'm saying I want to go and just live in nature and just be, you know, the pendulum swing to that side. But we have to understand, like, but we don't think about it. And, and a lot of it is hard because think about how many people hate their job. Most people don't want to think about this stuff. That's okay. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to think about well, it. I feel lucky that I have the space to think about this and the space to explore it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's cool that I get to do that. But I think that, um, oh my God, I forgot what I was going to say because you, you had something really profound, what you were saying. But, but yeah, how we consume... Oh, it had to do with like a tree. A tree is just a tree, but it's a part of something more. Yeah. Right? Without that tree, you know, there's like, you know, we could go like, as I talk to kids about it, a tree provides us with oxygen, helps us with oxygen. Yeah. It provides homes for animals. And those animals that get eaten from other animals, the other animals that get eaten that we get to eat, Mm. you know, so there's that connectedness to that. Mm -hmm. So one single tree, is it really that important? No, but it's still important. (laughs) Like it's, it just sounds so funny to say it like it, it, but it's still a part of life. Yeah. You know, I love that what we're learning about trees and the the one book that I really want to read is called called the mother tree, the, Mm -hmm. the search for the mother tree. Yeah. And I, I believe that it talks about what we're what we've we've had a we've had a wrong understanding of how trees work in nature. Yeah. And this one uh, biologist, she took a lot of flack for proposing a new idea, and then her research backed it up. And then the biology community and so forth was like taken aback. And uh, it's interesting that she's yeah she's a female biologist in a in a world dominated by male biologists. And it's not only interesting because she's a female because she's lifting up a more feminine mm-hmm. approach to how trees work, which says a lot about us. Trees speak under a network of these micro 
fungal networks, that billions of them underground. So a whole forest area or small forest area, they're all communicating and they're helping each other die and helping each other live, protecting each other from bacteria, cross, cross specimen, like, mm-hmm. and all of it, all of it exists because of fungus and mushrooms. And there's some like so many cool ways you could take that, like yeah. philosophically, spiritually, emotionally. But I, it's just interesting because it turns out not to be a dog eat dog world after all in the tree in the tree network it's a communal collective Mm -hmm. and can it be the same for us absolutely is Mm -hmm. that's what the new humanity does is is crying out for is people who can let go of the tribalism and the hyper individualism and any structure that that presents domination of one over everyone else Um, because that's not that's what we're finding out is that's not how actually reality is. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would think we learn because history repeats itself. Cycles of yeah. cultures that rise up as the dominating force, thinking that they are, it's all about them, that they are the most important thing, just like we're talking about here. So it's no wonder that our boys today are having trouble finding this out because we're in this time where. We're over the arc of history. Our culture thinks it's the most dominant, most thinks it's the most important, and it's all about us. That's what we believe, if we're honest about about being American. Yeah. And if we don't, if we say we don't believe it, we'll just look how we spend. Look how look at where our money goes. Mm-hmm. We we think that. So no wonder we're trying to figure this out. I'm going way off, but I I feel That's like fun. it's connected. Yeah, it is. What you're saying is connected. I think the only thing that I would you know come back to is just that idea of like you give you tell boys they're this thing with no real understanding of what that thing is and they grow up just no but i but i'm i'm this so listen to me yeah i'm this listen to me but you don't know why we should listen to you there's people that are like no i shouldn't listen to you I shouldn't. Why should I listen to you? But 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 you're supposed to. Why should I, you know, give this? And then with the Christian, you know, stuff with like the, the roles of men and women. Yeah. No, you should submit to me. Well, why should I submit? Because I'm the man. Yeah. You know, like like that's this like idea. You're and and I think that that kind of stuff needs to be broken down, because you know. totally you know why why you know and it's that like why and you hear that with kids why should i listen to you why should i listen to you and so we don't know why we grow up knowing that we're supposed to be the head but we don't know how to be the head yeah and we don't know what that really means we just know the caricatures that we're given through (laughs) mainstream media through christianity some of the talks i don't i'm not you know Back, but but just the, the the way the scriptures are interpreted to us, yeah, through someone's view, so through that, and it just it's just feeding that fragility and that like um, depression because I don't know, but because it's hard if you're ignorant to it or not knowing, then it's gonna feel like your world is crashing down. Yeah, yeah, and you I know? think it it does feel like that. Like that's why it's called deconstruction. Yeah, and you need compassionate, uh-huh. wise, anchored elders around yeah. you more than one. Um, 
my burning question now as I'm getting to the mid stage of life, how do I become that for people? Because yeah. I don't, I don't want to mm-hmm. grow old just stuck in my own uh, pattern without pouring out love for others. And I'm not saying that I have a whole lot to give except for just listening and being. Mm-hmm. But how, like, I, I've, I've, I've always heard someone say, I've always heard, I've always heard someone, I've heard someone say a couple times, like, if you're 40, you should be looking for someone 30 or 20 um, to pour into. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you just be with them? And, and there's, there's no, there's no format or formula behind it. It's just loving, just like becoming friends and then kind of like just being with listening and not trying to mentor them or anything like that. But just like, how can I just come alongside you and learn from you, share with you? And I think that's like a good place to start um, at, at learning how to practice this also hoping and praying that my boys and my daughter will get that they'll get some they'll get some mentor that necessarily isn't their grandparent or um or that's another person that i believe is sent by something larger than all of us that say that i want to i want to kind of help you i want to help you grow and i no matter i'll be here through your bitchiness i'm going to stick to you through love yeah, as, as love and i am be with you i mean you i'm know? I'm I am here able to like a, a somewhat stable individual because there were five men that were not of my family that poured their life into me in my developing years. Like mm. I I owe I owe a lot to these guys and it's a power of that. The power of what you're saying is is immeasurable they didn't do anything more than just hang out with me like one guy one guy was just uh we would go play pool and through playing pool we would talk yeah yeah one guy was he was assigned to me as a teen worker but there was a um authenticity in the relationship yeah that made made me made me feel seen and heard there was another another camp counselor who was one of the first to like take time to talk to me about ask me questions about my life and so like yeah these cultures this stuff they had that and these young these young boys had that and and i think you know this this has come up again in this episode, you know, the, the yeah. need for older, which I think is hopefully probably where this thread is also going. I think you're right, brother. It's um, going to be in all of them probably. You know, and, and it, it showed me significance, not importance. Like, that's the thing. Like, that, and maybe that's where, mm. yeah, man, you know, what this stuff, you know, comes from. Yeah. Which we've been talking about for the last hour and twenty minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, that is really profound. I I'm so glad that we're like landing there because I think uh-huh. that really helps me take it out of like being angry at systems and uh-huh. <clears throat> and and just like uh, pumping my fist at the air at this larger thing. But like actually entering the messiness of life is what we're talking about. You know, there's not a formula here. It's just, no. it's getting messy and it's, 
and it's it's having the humility to uh, to enter the messiness of your kids' lives, uh, letting them into mm-hmm. the messiness of your life to some degree. Yeah, uh, over time and uh, healthy ways, and then also like allowing yourself to be mentored. I I think if if you're la- if you're looking for that and you really are really are humble enough to say, I, I freaking need a mentor. I need some, I need a wise elephant, a wise elder. Mm-hmm. It's okay to ask someone. I think most people who are centered and grounded and are farther along than you um, would be completely honored. And, you know, if it's, if it's done in authenticity and humility, and I think it's important that it, is, it isn't like intellectualized and professionalized. Like we're not looking mm-hmm. for you know, I want you to read this book and then I have a paper back to me or whatever. We're looking for someone like who can enter the messiness of my life. Just, that's not an easy ask. Just fucking hang out. <laughs> like yeah. that's all. Just you know? be together. Yeah. But that's also the last thought I had and I know we've gone long is one of the things, the great things that re- being raised in a intentional collective called the church mm-hmm. gave me was access to older people Mm-hmm. who also wanted access to me in healthy ways. Yeah. I'm not sure where else we would find that. I know we're all looking for it, if we're honest. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and the last thing I'll say, you know, yeah, I, I do agree that, that there's no five-step program to this. There's no easy answer. It's, it's, it is messy, but I think it's an awareness is the biggest thing, an awareness of all of this. And, and that doesn't lead to an answer. It just leads to an understanding. And I think a lot of this is about an understanding over answers, an understanding of your place in the world, understanding that you participate or that your participation is needed, that your relationship to everything is needed, you know? Yeah. So it's cool, you know? Yeah, man. Hopefully we can... We can not be so entitled and so uh, hyper-individualized. Yeah. And I feel like we've struggled to get these words out. Mm-hmm. And that's an indication of us trying to be honest because it's hard to do this. Yeah, And there's all kinds of ways that I'm sure we've had like cultural faux pas in our words tonight. Like, we've, mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry if anybody's offended. I'd love to hear why. Um to tell Roy, but uh, <laughs> but I it's like it's hard to figure this out, but it's important to try. Yeah, it is, and I that's all that that's all my 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 hope for this was is to try. You know, I was telling someone I'm I'm not trying to 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 be the the answer. Just throw my hat in the ring. You know, essentially, yeah. it's just throwing the hat in the ring, starting start the, the conversation. conversation. Hey, that yep. was pretty cool. You know, so yeah, thanks. You know, we'll we'll, we'll stop it here. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, as always, remember, <laughs> yeah. I'm just a channel. I'm not the source. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would just like to say one thing. Okay. Like, I just wish like deep, deep peace to everyone mm-hmm. who, who, who's, uh, stuck around and heard yeah. this. And I would just say like, man, if you have any thoughts of like hurting yourself, if that's you, like, please speak up. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. cause it's, this really was done for you. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, there's people who want to remind you you're significant. Yeah. You can reach out to me through the Balance Mail podcast um, Instagram. It's just the Balance Mail podcast at Instagram. Um, email rclemens at gmail.com. 
soon to have a balanced mill podcast gmail account but yeah hey until next time be excellent to each other